0: It is uh, great to uh, be with you this morning. And uh, I uh, am so happy. I'm so inspired when I come back here. Uh, my family, Sharon and I, and uh, Deja and Tony still live here. Uh, but it, is, it just really uh, fills our souls up and inspires us, gives us the vision. Uh, you are such a beacon to not just uh, Atlanta, You're a beacon in the Southeast, and I am not just uh, giving you flattering words to say it, but you're really an encouragement throughout our brotherhood. That's within the United States, that's international, and I think we should give God a great round of applause for that. Uh, Personally, Sharon and I are thankful. Uh, Man, when I, I moved here, is Alan here today? He's not here today? Uh, there he is. Stand up, brother. Uh, when I, I moved here, uh, Shannon and I didn't have a job. We were living off our savings. And uh, I went up to Alan. Alan didn't know me from Adam. I, he looked at me like, are you sure? I don't even know if you're a Christian, brother, but amen. <laughs> but uh, I, I went up, and, and basically I asked him for a job. And uh, Alan, by faith, gave me a job and let me work for him, and and, uh, and, and we were doing some construction, and I'm not a construction worker. I was botching it up. I was doing a horrible job. And he said, "Uh, you really don't know what you're doing, do you? I said, no, I don't. (laughs) But uh, brother, I just want you to know, thank you. Uh, Mr. Grubbs, there he is with his hat in the back. Uh, We never ended up buying a home here. Chris didn't know me from Adam. Brother, can I store my stuff in your storage? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. And, uh, but, but that's the way it has been. That's the way it's been for us. uh, In coming back, we we love you to, uh, just to the high heavens. And I want to say thank you to you for all your support, uh, financially, uh, intimately. Uh, The cruises send their love. I understand they were here yesterday for the AIM classes, and uh, Nick is preaching the word there in Knoxville. Keep Knoxville in the Mid-South in your prayers, Alabama, Tennessee, Mississippi. The churches are coming along. They're growing. Uh, And uh, Knoxville grew by just under 10% last year, and we were really fired up about that. And uh, the, the Southeast as a whole is is really heading in a great direction. Um, I personally want to uh, hold you up in regards to what your theme is. This, this year or this quarter, I don't know how long you're focusing on prayer and intercession, uh, but for me coming here, Tom Brown was a huge example for me taking my prayer life deeper. And uh, I, if any of you know Tom, you know that he prays to his God. It's almost like you feel like, yeah, I know I'm praying to God, but let me go ask Tom to pray to God. <laughs> uh, and uh, brother, I just personally want to hold you up for that and, and Kelly as well. Uh, Sharon and I will be, have been married 30 years come June. <laughs> and uh, I still got her food, so don't, don't tell her anything. And uh, But uh, uh, she's uh, the love of my life uh, here in this life. And uh, so let's go to the Father in prayer. Uh, God, uh, we just uh, ask that, uh, man, we can drink from the fount that we would wait in expectation for our king. We we ask that uh, the cross would inspire us and move us convict us, delight us. Uh, We we pray that your scriptures would would just draw us a little bit closer to you, uh, to to die more to ourselves. It's it's challenging, but it's what makes living in this life so exciting, to to aim for perfection, to, to aim for you, Jesus. We get excited about undefeated records with sports or great accomplishments in corporate America, but Man, it is nothing like aiming for the crown. It's better than any Super Bowl trophy. It's better than any promotion. Man, it is a roller coaster ride following you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we need you desperately. We love you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And the church said. Amen. So, prayers and intercession. Uh, and so. Um, Luke 22, 31 through 32. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift sift all of you as wheat. You know, it's interesting. Jesus is talking to to Peter and he doesn't just say, Simon, that Satan wants to sift you, all of you. You know, Satan is is after every aspect of our character. Uh, I once read that, Satan causes suffering to bring the worst out in us, and Jesus allows suffering to bring the best out in us because we're going to suffer. And so here Jesus is telling them that, and he says, but I have prayed for you. Don't you like it that Jesus stands at the right place hand of God the right side of God and he's praying on our behalf he's interceding right now and so our prayers aren't just for us we need to pray for each other I remember I was with Tom one time and he was telling me about a brother that he was having an interaction with and and the brother had some attitudes with Tom and Tom asked the brother hey bro have you prayed for me the brother expressed I don't feel close to you and you know that's a that's a pretty convicting question right even if you don't answer your nonverbal say it all <laughs> and Tom said to the brother I pray for you I feel close to you we're not gonna all be best friends But through the power of the Holy Spirit, if we pray for each other, we can be close. We can make the most of our time with one another. The Bible, in fact, teaches us to number our days aright because our time here is short. And so, Jesus tells Peter, but I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. If your faith has ever failed, raise your hand. Mine has, and I'm sure at other times it will, but the Scriptures tell us God supplied what's lacking in our faith. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. When we come together, whether it's Sunday or Wednesday or a devotional or a Bible talk or a house church or a celebration, man, there's opportunities all around us for us to strengthen one another. It's not just to come to church and worship for yourself, but it's to spur one another on. We're in the battle together. Jeff just talked about it. The song. Man, our hearts wander. How many of you this morning do you think your heart wandered? Yeah. How many of you think this morning at some juncture today, your soul is going to be unsettled? When you read the psalms, David constantly, he didn't pray for his flesh. He does, but oftentimes, for certain, he is much more centered spiritually that, hey, whatever happens to my flesh is going to happen, but God, protect, be a rock, be a deliverer, be a refuge, be a stronghold for my soul. And so, Jesus tells him that. You know, Satan wanted to crush Simon Peter and the other disciples like grains of wheat. He hoped to find only chaff and blow it away. But Jesus assured Peter that his faith, although it would falter, would not be destroyed. It would be renewed and Peter would become a powerful leader. How are you feeling about your life right now? Do you feel powerful? Do you feel renewed? Man, there are often times I don't feel that way when I first wake up, right? I would say 90% of the time, I don't feel renewed and powerful when I wake up. When's the last time you were renewed? Renewed to give fresh life or strength to. This is why we have our quiet times. How many of you love God? Right? Obvious question. We're in church. (laughs) How many of you love your relationship with God? See, I I know you love God because God saved you and you're going to go to heaven. And if that weren't enough, he gives you blessings in this life. But how many of you love the relationship? Like enjoy the relationship, enjoy walking with God, enjoy singing to God, enjoy when you're at a sports sports program or a sports function, God is right there with you and you're rooting for the tame t- same team. When you go to a concert, how many of you enjoy enjoying your relationship with God? When you got up this morning, did you say, oh, it's cloudy and, and raining and I'm sick of this weather? Or did you say, oh man, God, you know exactly what we need, even if I don't like the weather? You have a purpose for it. It's a big difference between loving God and loving your relationship with him. Quiet time doesn't quite, for me, put it in perspective. When's the last time through the power of the Holy Spirit you went to strengthen others? Isn't that what we see in Matthew 26, 36 through 46? Jesus, the Bible tells us, he is praying like drops of sweat, like drops of blood is coming from him. And he's being tempted with all the things we're tempted with, pride and fear and apprehension. And, and he's looking for the disciples to be there with him. But what are the disciples doing? We know the story, right? They're asleep. I can relate to the disciples. I love to sleep. I am the nap king. I love taking naps and they were asleep. But at the end, near verse 46, wouldn't you say Jesus gets renewed? In fact, the scripture says, He says, Rise, let us go, yes. face my betrayer. That's why we have our time with God. You're not gonna wake up renewed. Announcement, we're not naturally spiritual. (laughs) We don't naturally love God. We naturally work on our own strength. We naturally look to get renewed through the blessings of God, a new home, a car. And all those things are great. But they can't give me fresh life or strength. And the willingness to go strengthen others. Ephesians 3, 16 through 18. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people who's who can have this power and love is it just the evangelists is it just the interns is it is it just the kids kingdom workers is it is it just those that work the AV is it all of us can have this all of us can be powerful all of us can be rooted and established in love verse 18 may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide long high and deep is the love of Christ I'm like Jeff he says you know I am not a a song leader, I'm not a songwriter, but I love what how the the words that men write in regards to Jesus, how they just fill his heart up. I feel like that about songs. I feel that way about books. Right now I'm I'm all into Warren Wearsby. Warren Wearsby, for those of you that have read some of his books, he has a number of books about be rich. Be Strong, talking about Joshua. He has books about Be Alive, talking about uh, the book of John and Jesus. And uh, I thought maybe this might be helpful. I just want to read some excerpts of it to you. And maybe it's something that you'll be able to take for yourself. He points out there are four requests in Paul's prayer. Strength, depth, apprehension, and fullness. We're just going to look at three because all I got is 25 minutes. He says, the power of the Spirit is given to us according to the riches of of His glory. Ephesians 3, verse 16. Christ returned to glory and sent the Spirit from heaven to indwell and empower His people. Don't you love that word? To empower you. That's why we have the Holy Spirit, to empower us. It's not necessary for us to work something up. You ever been there where you're trying to muster up a divine strength? It just doesn't work. Like you come into the fellowship, okay, I got to be happy. I got to be giving. And you walk in, I don't feel like giving to nobody. I am not happy. <laughs> if you're a minister, okay, I got to get ready. I got to preach. I got I to write the sermon. You don't feel like writing no sermon. You don't feel like preaching. You can't muster it up. That's why we got the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to empower us. You got to go into work and you're dealing with your work or your co-workers and you're like, man, I know I need to be like Jesus, but right now I feel like and I'm enjoying being like Satan right now. I don't like these people. You know, we're commanded to love, but we're not commanded to like people. I need the power the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's not necessary for us to work something up. The power has to be sent down. How marvelous that God does not give the Spirit's power to us out of his riches, but according to, right? Which is far greater thing. If I am a billionaire and I give you $10, I've given you out of my riches. But I forgive, if I give you a million dollars, I've given to you according to my riches. The first is a portion. The second is a proportion. Right? You ever been there and, and, and a, a friend of yours pulled out some money, a wad, $50, $25, I say, here, man, take a dollar. <laughs> right? You know intellectually I should be grateful, but you're thinking, you cheap. But that's not Jesus. Jesus gives in proportion. What's the proportion? The proportion is, I didn't stay in the tomb. I rose from the dead. I want to give you a proportion of that. Amen. The issue for us becomes our faith in Jesus. Our power is unlimited in being able to change personally, collectively and to have an impact in whatever community we're in he gives in proportion to as much as we have faith and are willing this power is available for the inner man this means the spiritual part of man where God dwells and works their inner man of the lost sinner is dead. Some of you may have come because you pulled up the website. Some of you may be studying. The friends that you've made are trying to help you come to a conviction through God's word to die. If you're visiting, just go up to somebody. Ask them, hey, hey, how, what was it like for you to die spiritually? They'll be happy to tell you. Amen. Ephesians 2, one. but it becomes alive when Christ is invited in. You know, I love how Warren puts that, invited in. The inner man can see, Psalms 119.18. Open my eyes and I may see wonderful things in your law. You ever read the Bible and felt like, oh man, this is just getting old. You know, you just wake up, you just start flipping the pages, you know, like, okay, amen. What am I supposed to read today? No, no. God, the Lord's Prayer. What's what's the daily food for me today, God? What do I need to see? What's gonna fill my cup up? What's going to empower me? How am I going to be used by you to have an impact on my family, my kids, the church? Man, do we invite Jesus in to see, to hear Matthew 13, 9? You know, uh, they say prayer is talking to God and reading his holy scriptures is us listening. I've had times in my life where I just needed to shut up. I'm just doing way too much talking. Praying for this, praying for that, praying for that not to happen. God, don't let this happen. God, please. Somebody asked you, have you read the scriptures? Well, no, but I'm a a real prayer warrior. But you can't hear nothing. The scriptures tell us he's given us everything for life and godliness. We can navigate these waters. I'm not saying it's always going to be easy. In fact, sometimes it's meant not to be easy to taste, to taste spirit. How many of you love to eat? Don't be shy. Y'all, 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 some of y'all did like this. (laughs) I love to eat. And and this is no cliche statement. Thank you for all the encouragement. I went up to some brothers and sisters and said hi, because Sharon and I like to give hugs and go around. And the brothers and sisters were looking at me, and then I said my name and said, Oh, you've lost weight, haven't you? Well, they look at Sharon. Oh my God! You are already thin. What did you do to yourself? God gets all that glory. But what about tasting spiritually? We can taste spiritually. The Bible talks about tasting the goodness of God. It's so good you won't want to return to your own life. What are you eating? In fact, the scriptures talk about seasoning. How salty are you? I'm not talking about salty like you bitter. (laughs) I'm talking salty like good old southern cooking. Flavorable. That that type of cooking that's sinful that you're like, oh, Lord, I got to stop eating this. This is not good. (laughs) Are you inviting Jesus in? Psalms 34, 8 to feel, to feel God. There's different aspects of God's love, but one of them is feeling. We don't need to be extreme on being obedient or just feeling, but we need to feel. We need to feel God's presence. I wake up most days, God, I need to feel you. Now, most days, no, you're just going to obey today. And you'll feel better after you obey. Sometimes we just want to feel. We don't want to obey. We just, God, I just want to feel you. Now, let's, let's leave that obedient part out the, you know, I don't, I don't want to do all that. He says that inner man that needs to die has got to be exercised. I have yet. Now, I'm still, well, my wife told me that, sweetheart, we were going to the movies and she said, Look, sweetheart, I got a discount. You are, I turned 55 in, in January. You are officially a senior citizen. <laughs> and I said, yay. You know? <laughs> but I have yet to meet anybody ever, ever in my life that has exercised and didn't say at some juncture, it didn't hurt. Not only that, those that really do exercise, they like the pain. I think there are some spiritual principles in there. We're still dying, those of us that have put on Jesus as Lord. I remember Tom said one time we were in a D group. He said, what's your predominant sin house That's why you lead the church. (laughs) Your predominant sin, like the one from which everything, every other sin has is springboards. It needs to be exercised. He also must be cleansed. Need that blood. Every day. I got to get washed off. Not one single day. I don't need to be cleansed and fed. The outer man is perishing, but the inner man can be renewed spiritually in spite of outward physical decay. We're wasting away. You know, this last year and a half for my wife and I, we've had close friends. I got one friend. Some of you know Roger Lamb. He's one of my heroes, and he certainly is my hero when it comes to how to respond to suffering. He's lost two of his three kids in the last six years and continues to serve the church. I told him when I was in Panama, I said, you are the example for the brotherhood of how we need to continue to love and give God our best and trust him when it comes to suffering. Amen. We're dying. Have friends and pass away. Seen their siblings pass away. We're wasting away. And even if it isn't, isn't physically, we're just wasting away. Now, the young college students and teens won't be here until the next service but they're too naive they don't know they're wasting away they just you know they're <laughs> excited and... but they're wasting away too but it's part of the process it's the inner power that makes them succeed depth how many of you don't like uh getting too deep like you don't like start talking about you know deep stuff challenges your hardships like you don't you know, you, don't, you don't. Oh, all of you. Okay, amen. (laughs) You need depth. It's been said to me, Anton, don't waste your sin. Don't waste your weaknesses. Don't waste your trials. Some of us don't want to talk about, on a current basis, I'm not talking about in the past. Sometimes we get up and we talk communion and Jesus saved me from this. Now, what is Jesus saving you from right now? Today. You need, I need depth. Paul used three pictures here to convey this the idea of spiritual depth. The three pictures are hidden in the three verbs. Dwell, rooted, grounded. The verb dwell literally means to settle down and fill at home with Jesus. By the grace of God, I am what I am. The verb rooted moves into the plant world. The tree must get its roots deep into the soil if it is to have both nourishment and stability. And the Christian must have his spiritual roots deep into the love of God. Psalms 1 1 through 3. You know, there's a fine line between delighting in the blessings of God and delighting in God Himself, it's a slippery slope. What are you fired up right now about in your relationship with God? Is it what he has done for you or is it him? And I'm not advocating that we shouldn't get excited about God's blessings, but the blessings don't last. And hard times in life will always come. Which one do you delight in? There's a perfect description of this word in Jeremiah 17, 5-8. Is a good commentary on it. One of the most important questions a Christian can ask him or herself, I'll put that in for Warren, is for what do I draw my nourishment and stability? Are you unstable spiritually? Are you up and down? Things are great with God. Woo! On fire. God ain't answering my prayers the way I want, If there is to be power in the Christian life, there must be depth. The roots must go deeper into the love of Christ. Grounded is an architectural term. It refers to the foundations of which we build. The trials of life test the depth of our experience. If two roommates' college have a falling out, They may seek new roommates, for after all, living with a roommate is a passing experience. But if a husband and wife who love each other have a disagreement, the trial only deepens their love as they seek to solve the problems. The storms that blows reveals the strength of the roots. Kind of goes back to the first one. How strong are you right now spiritually with the circumstances that you're dealing with that are challenging Jesus told the story about the two builders, one of them who did not go deep enough for his foundation, Matthew 7, 24. Last one, apprehension, verses 18 through 19. The English word comprehend and apprehend both stem from the Latin word prehendere, which means to grasp. We say that a monkey has a prehensile tail. That is, its tail is able to grasp a tree limb and hold on. Our word comprehend carries the idea of mentally grasping something, while apprehend suggests laying hold of it for yourself. In other words, it is possible to understand something, but not really make it your own. It's easy to read the Bible. How do you do with applying it? Because that's where the experience of your own personal relationship with God is gonna to come to life. There's a lot of smart, beautiful, accomplished people in the North River Church. God has blessed you with great talents and gifts. And you've been abundantly generous with that. But how about you personally? How do you do when it comes to applying it? That's when you know, oh, this is a roller coaster ride. I'm aiming for perfection. Like God, I am I'm really struggling with this. You know, it's interesting. going back to Tom's comment when we were in this Devo, what is your predominant sin? You know, my predominant sin is cowardice. I'm a coward to the core. And everything else stems from that. I'm afraid of bugs. I'm afraid of conflict with people. I'm afraid when my daughters don't like me. I'm afraid when I got to have a Tense conversation with a brother or a sister. That's my predominant sin. And Jesus says, man, cowards won't be welcome into heaven. Not that I won't struggle with my fear, but Anton, I didn't give you my spirit. I don't have a spirit of fear and timidity. What's your predominant sin? Because that's your Achilles heel for the rest of your life. That's what's going to be your trigger. You're going to see victories in it. But God is going to continue to bring it to the forefront to keep you before the cross and stay humble and see your need for him. I don't care if you're 17 or if you're 77. You've got a predominant sin. I know you comprehend what I'm saying. How are we going to do with applying? Abraham had to step out in faith and claim his inheritance. But we today have an inheritance in four dimensions, dimensions—breadth, length, depth, and height. God's four dimensions is love. But there is a paradox here. Paul wanted us to know personally the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. There are dimensions, but they cannot be measured. The love of Christ which passes knowledge, parallels the unsearchable riches of Christ. We are so rich in Christ that our riches cannot be calculated, even with the most sophisticated computer. No Christian, no Christian ever has to worry. The Bible commands us not to worry. That's a hard one for me to apply about having inadequate spiritual resources not humanistic ones to meet the demands of life how many of you got demands from life right now show of hands what's wrong with y'all y'all still sleepy you don't want to participate <laughs> if he prays for spiritual strength and spiritual depth he will be able to apprehend get his hands on all the resources of God's love and grace. It's amazing what we'll do to get resources. The lengths we'll go to for insurance as you're getting older, for a home, for a raise, for better grades, for your children to do well, for hospitalization, for illnesses, chronic, debilitating, some life-threatening. It's amazing the lengths we'll go to for those resources. What about the spiritual resources of God's love and grace? I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, Philippians four thirteen, and what is the result of all this? Let's go to the Father in prayer. Uh, God, uh, man, we know intellectually. When we go through difficulties or trials, tribulations, that if we submit to you and trust you and have our faith in Jesus, you'll bring out the best in us. As we partake of the emblems that represent your body and blood, God supply what's lacking in our faith. Increase our faith in you. And yet help us to rejoice that our names are recorded and that in this life we can do all things through you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.